Morgan Geeky. Good strength. Back to the point now. Flurry. A tip right on. Denied. Martin O'Cadda. Now Geeky. He scores! Morgan Geeky! You talk about undying will. Have a day, kid. This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now here's the host of the Canes Corner Podcast, Adam Gold. Welcome to the Morning After Podcast. I am Adam Gold. We're going to give you a little bit of a history lesson today about Wally Pip and what Wally Pip has to do with today's Hurricanes game. It's actually twofold. Uh, but first, the Morning After Podcast is brought to you by Visiting Angels Home Care of Raleigh, providing the best home care services in Wake County for 20 years. Call today. And the Aluminum Company of North Carolina for all your home exterior, home improvement needs. The Aluminum Company of North Carolina is here for you. Uh, Wally Pip was the first baseman of the New York Yankees uh, way back in the day. And he called in sick. Not feeling well, Skip. Miller Huggins, I believe, was a manager of the Yankees at the time. I said, "Just can't, I can't go today. Don't worry, we got this. Uh, we got this Garrick guy. We'll just let him play." Wally Pip never played again. So uh, Ryan Dezingle got in a fight yesterday uh, or Saturday in the game against the Islanders, and um, whether he got hurt in the fight or hurt late after the fight, either way, uh, they determined. Saturday that he couldn't play, so the Hurricanes called up Morgan Geeky. Two goals, one assist, impactful play almost every time he takes the ice. Can't pull him off the off the ice now. He's not coming out of the lineup. So if Ryan Dezingle says to Rod Brindamore uh, Tuesday in Detroit, hey, uh, hey, coach, I'm ready to go. Um, Rod just says, got no place to put you right now. <laughs> I mean, no offense to Ryan, but uh, Morgan Geeky, uh, had himself an NHL debut. Hurricanes beat the Penguins 6-2. to two. It was a spectacular performance, not start to finish, but really over the last 30 minutes. Uh, and there was a lot of good even in the first 30 minutes that we will get to. Uh, but Carolina just absolutely dominated the Penguins, certainly in the third period. It was a work of art at PPG Paints Arena. See what I did there? All right. A um, couple of things that we're going to get to, and then we're going to talk to uh, Brian LeBlanc of Kane's Country, get his thoughts on the game. And there were a lot of good things. Obviously, Geeky played well. We'll talk about that with Brian LeBlanc. Uh, Justin Williams was once again dynamite. Second game in a row uh, that 38-year-old, 38-year-old part-time hockey player was the best player on the ice for the Hurricanes. Uh, but that line was good again. Uh, Alex Nedeljkovic, after giving up his kind of a not a bad first period goal, but I, I'll bet you a hundred times out of a hundred, he goes, "I should save that." Uh, so, uh, by the way, Patrick Marlowe, Hurricanes legend, getting the goal. Uh, so the Canes uh, fell behind, but it didn't matter, man. They were just good, uh, good today. They got out of the first period. It was they were down a goal, uh, and then you get all these numbers about what what it means to be. Uh, to score the first goal and to lead after one, and to, uh, it, it's and none of it really mattered because the Hurricanes were just better and they blew Pittsburgh's doors off in the third period. So let's uh, let's kind of go through it. Uh, you you saw Geeky who played just over ten minutes. He was a plus three. He won and didn't win all of his faceoffs. He won enough faceoffs. 
um, including uh, this one that ultimately got Carolina even in the second period. Morgan Geeky on the draw. Canes win it. Slavin shot scores through a screen out in front. Face-off win by Morgan Geeky. And some presence by the same guy in front of the goaltender, Jacob Slavin from downtown, has tied it. Yeah, he wins the draw. He goes to the front of the net. And his screen allows Slavin to score the tying goal in the second period as Carolina came back from uh, their second one-goal deficit. They tie it. And then a little bit later on, another defenseman uh, with another net front presence from the new guy. Jake Gardner faking the shot. Lays it along for Vincent Trocek. Gardner one more time. He'll pummel one. Tipped on and Chari said no. Peter Ryder to the outside. Moved along Natchez for Gardner. They score! Jake Gardner with a bullet from up top. 156 left in the second period. Power play goal. Carolina. The kid has an idea. He has a nose for the net. He knows how to play. And uh, Rod Brindamore, after the game, talked about he's uh, he plays a gritty game. Man, this team needs uh, needs a bunch of grit. And this is a kid who had a great start to his season with the checkers and then went like two months with nothing. And then all of a sudden it kicked back into gear. There's still some doubts as to whether or not he can skate at a high enough level to play high enough in the lineup to have a real impact. But... um He's a two-way player. He made great plays defensively in the first period and kind of earned, he earns more looks. It's all you can do when you get your opportunity is take advantage of it. Just like Hayden Fleury has taken advantage of his opportunity of late. He had a, uh, he had a two-point game and once again, impactful play from number four. Uh, still is, is he a top four player? I doubt it. But that doesn't matter. You need six defensemen. You need more than six defensemen in the NHL, uh, as the Hurricanes are finding out now. Uh, but he was really good today. You, I mean, when I was doing my three stars, I debated whether or not to make him the third star. Uh, I know Jake Gardner had a goal and an assist, and in Pittsburgh they made him the third star. I did not make Jake one of my stars. Uh, Jake was good offensively today, the, uh, however. Um, but... I thought Fleury and Slavin were the two best defensemen on the ice, and that's something to be said for a guy who couldn't crack the lineup and didn't have the trust of the head coach a long time ago. He has the trust of the head coach now, um, and maybe it's just a hot streak, but ride that out uh, because Hayden Fleury has played very, very well. Alex Ndelkovic played well after that first goal that he allowed to uh, Patrick Marlowe. Uh, I thought he was great the rest of the way. Kept a minute. The penalty kill was tremendous today. One of seven for Pittsburgh with the man advantage. Uh, the only goal came in a five on three situation, which a little bit of a, uh, a shaky five on three call on Jordan Martin, a questionable penalty. Either way, they called it with one seconds left in the five on three. Uh, the, uh, the Penguins, I think it was, was it Malkin? Uh, I think it was Malkin made it, uh, two one. And then the Hurricanes had to kill off the next penalty because the five-on-three had not expired yet, so the next one kicks in. They kill off that, again, one of seven uh, for Pittsburgh with the man advantage. And Carolina committed six penalties in the first 28 minutes and 30 seconds. I mean, it was tough to get anything going 
Uh, and when you have to kill off six penalties in that period of time, and the uh, and it's still just a two-one game, it was right there for Carolina, and they seized it. They jumped all over it. Uh, see, uh, Geeky playing a great game. Uh, Hayden Fleury was dynamite tonight. Jake Gardner very good offensively. Jacob Slavin scores the goal. You heard that. Uh, that was the goal that tied it. It was the the power play goal by Jake Gardner that you heard uh, was the goal that put Carolina ahead three one three two rather. Um, but I just want to I mean got to spend a couple of minutes talking about the thirty eight year old part time hockey player Justin Williams, who admittedly came out played really well right away, and then for about two weeks. This game just kind of didn't vanish. You could just tell it was it was not coming as easily for him. And there's there's a lot of pressure on Williams, who came back amid all this fanfare, and it just hadn't worked. He hadn't played all that well. He hadn't gotten on the score sheet. You could tell he thought he was close, but he wasn't quite there. And he's been very honest in assessing his own performance. But man, the last two nights, and I have no idea if it's being paired with Jordan Stahl and Brock McGinn, guys who know each other so well, but Justin was outstanding again today. Uh, last four games, five goals, and all five goals, he has been standing on top of the crease. Actually, one of them wasn't on top of the crease. It was a tip-in from the high slot. He's got four redirect goals, and or two, three redirect goals, and two others where he was just picking up trash at the top of the crease. And that's how you get goals. That's how you score goals. That's how you win games when you get into March and you're in a playoff push. And that's what he knows how to do better than anybody maybe in the last 15 years in hockey is just to figure it out, do what it takes. He was tremendous. Uh, he was my first star of the game. He was my first star of the game yesterday. Don't know. I know. I think in uh, on Long Island they gave it to Vincent Trocheck. That's fine. He scored the overtime goal. But Justin Williams has been the best player for Carolina throughout, and uh, that's why I opened up a storm brew. Hold on one second. Had to have a storm brew. Why not? Uh, my wife's watching watching me do this, and she's like, why is he talking to himself? Uh, so here are the numbers, right? Uh, you give up the first goal. Canes are 11-22-3 when they give up the first goal. They're 7-18-1 after one period when they trail. Yet, there are competing numbers because they are 25-1-0 and when they lead after two, and both of those things were true today. <laughs> so I'm not sure what really matters. 11-22-3 when you give up the first goal, or 25-1-0 and when you lead after two? Because that's really what happened. Carolina, uh, they bucked the trend, and now for the, let's see, 13th time in the last 17 games, the Hurricanes have fallen behind. Yet, five, six, and two in that stretch. So they're getting away with doing it backwards. Uh, but again, uh, today they were the better team than the Penguins. Uh, and if you look at the standings and recording this while Columbus is playing in Vancouver tonight, um, and if the uh, Blue Jackets don't get anything out of their game, Carolina is the first wild card team. 
That's right. They will be the first wild card team. And right now, as we're recording this, it's scoreless through one period in Vancouver. Uh, but they pulled even 79 points with the Islanders and the Blue Jackets. Carolina is going to have three games in hand on Columbus, regardless of what the Blue Jackets do tonight. They'll have three games in hand on Columbus. They're now even with the Islanders, and Carolina is now off until Tuesday against Detroit. Then they will play on Thursday against the New Jersey Devils, and I will just caution this before we take a break and bring in Brian LeBlanc here. Um, I know we all thought that the Devils and the Red Wings would be the easy games of this road trip. Yeah. Uh, Red Wings have now won two straight. They just beat the Lightning in a shootout, uh, 5-4, and the Devils have won, are 6-2-2 two two in their last 10 games. And the Devils just went to Madison Square Garden and did what the Hurricanes haven't been able to do all year, and that's beat the Rangers. Devils are playing well. Red Wings are playing better. Uh, these are going to be two games that the Hurricanes are going to have to dig down and grind out. If they can do that, wow, what a road trip <laughs> this is going to end up being. Uh, and really it sets them up to uh, to make the playoffs for the second time in a row for the first time since the 2002 season. That was they, they made the playoffs in 01 and in 02. That's the last time the Hurricanes have been in the playoffs in consecutive years. The Morning After podcast is brought to you by Visiting Angels Home Care of Raleigh, providing the best home care services in Wake County for 20 years, called today and the Aluminum Company of North Carolina for all your exterior home improvement needs. Uh, after a brief pause and another sip, Brian LeBlanc, my friend from Kane's Country, will join us. Man, today was a day to invoke the name Wally Pip. I hope Ryan Dezingle is not listening to this podcast because I've already done it. He might have gotten Wally Pipped by Morgan Geeky, and apparently... Apparently, I may have gotten Wally pipped by my friend Brian LeBlanc, who kicked me out of my first intermission spot with Alec Campbell on the Hurricanes radio network today uh, because he just happened to be in studio and I wasn't. Um, but you were good luck, man. Hey, you know, I uh, I volunteered my services to uh, Mr. Campbell and little did I know that it would be a, a historic day for one Morgan Geeky and... I think you just compared him to Lou Gehrig, so that's a lot to live up to for the young man. Exactly. I I, I believe I might have been Wally Pipped, and we certainly think that uh, that is a possibility for Ryan Dezingle uh, because, look, nobody expects Geeky to average three points a game, uh, but if Ryan shows up to the arena on Tuesday and says, hey, Rod, I'm ready to go, uh, Rod will say, well, you can go right upstairs because – we're not changing anything based on what we saw. That was uh, that was a pretty thorough beating of, I think, a Stanley Cup contending Pittsburgh Penguins team. I don't care that they're struggling lately. Uh, you, I mean, Sidney Crosby was borderline invisible in the game. Yeah, he was, and it was almost in spite of themselves that they were able to, uh, you know, rattle off that kind of a win because. They took seven penalties, uh, most of which were avoidable, and yes. <laughs> couldn't stay out of their own way for the most part. And yet, despite that, they only allowed the one power play goal on the five on three, and uh, and you know it had a pretty stout penalty kill on top of it. Yeah. And you know that's if you're going to take the penalties, at least you got to kill them off. So you know, mission accomplished. And it even strength they were clearly the better the better team, and I think that they 
really kind of showed, you know, Geeky especially showed how you're successful in this league. And they've had a real problem getting to the front of the net. And how were four of their goals scored today by Morgan Geeky getting to the net twice and Justin Williams getting to the net twice? I mean, yeah. this isn't rocket science. <laughs> and, you know, good for them for figuring it out or at least getting something out of it because they certainly had a, uh, they, they were, a, they were a dominant team late in the game. Um, I mean, the Penguins looked tired and the Hurricanes didn't. Yeah, it was uh, the third period was was an absolute clinic, uh, and I think everybody was a little nervous going into the third because you knew Pittsburgh was coming up, coming back with a push. They had just lost five to two the night before, or the afternoon before, to Washington, uh, and I mean they have struggled. They have now dropped, I believe, seven of their last ten games. Uh, so I mean things aren't great right now, and Pittsburgh's a relatively healthy team, as healthy as they're going to be considering some of their injuries. But let's talk about Geeky real quick, and then we'll kind of tick off, check off some boxes. Um, because there was a lot to be impressed about with Morgan Geeky today, not the least of which was when you look at the first goal, it comes 33 seconds, in other words, the next shift after Pittsburgh makes it one nothing. And I mean, it's a great play by Gardner. Jake, you know, Jake struggles de- defensively. He's, he's, I thought he struggled defensively in this game too. Uh, but at least if you're good, Jake Gardner's job is to provide offense. Uh, mm-hmm. and today he did that in two occasions. Uh, the first one, which was the pass to the front of the net to Geeky. Uh, look, they're, I mean, that's a tough place for a 20 year old kid to be, uh, making his first NHL start. Uh, especially when you've just given up the first goal, uh, for him to have just the calmness to redirect that right past Jari was, uh, just tremendous. I mean, they, they needed something good and it happened right away. Yeah. And, and that's like you said, that's the type of goal that he scores. I mean, you know, I said, uh, I said to Alec, I can't remember if it was on the air or not, uh, but he's not going to be a guy that is going to put in, you know, 50 goals and make highlight reels doing it. He's going to be a guy that scores 90% of his goals within five feet of the net. Yeah. And that's how he's always been in, uh, in the AHL. I mean, he's, uh, he's got a decent shot, but not a great one, but his calling card in this league, if he's going to make a career out of it is going to be those greasy, hardworking goals right in front of the net where you just kind of pester the opposing goaltender. And he got a good lesson on how to do that from Patrick Hornquist, who's one of the best in the league yep. uh, at doing exactly that. And that's what he needs to be. Um, and it's to his credit that he came up and played the game that got him here. I mean, so often we see guys come up from the AHL and try to do too much, and he didn't try to do too much, and he got rewarded for it with a three-point game, which I know seems like a, a little bit of a uh, of a uh, uh, contradiction, but I tell you, it's it's good to see. And obviously, they were well-earned points because he was he was a difference maker today. Yeah, no question about it. And the second goal that made it 6-2, I mean, he had to win a net front battle, a physical net front battle. I also saw a couple of plays, you know, I think they were, they were uh, mentioning during the game that his best, his favorite player growing up was Pavel Datsuk, who was well known for being a two-way center. Uh, and Geeky early in the first period made two really good defensive plays in front of the net. Uh, mm-hmm. of his own net. So I know Rod Brindamore probably when he goes back and looks at it, he's going to go, that's, uh, that's the reason to keep him in the lineup even more so than the points. Um, all right, let's get to the, let's get to the other end of the spectrum. 
um, before the game, Justin Williams is talking to Trip Tracy uh, about where to go to get goals. And uh, Justin, I'm sure this is a hockey cliche at this point. Uh, when you are hungry, you go. When when you want groceries, you go to the grocery store. You want goals, get to the front of the net. So now Williams has scored five goals in the last four games, and every single one of them has been on top of the crease, all of them. He did miss a wide-open net today, uh, shot at about three feet wide, which I'm sure he went, how did that happen? Uh, but when yeah. you need him, uh, really, he's right really there on to top. See him get that, really glad to see him get back on the board after that because he was going to be kicking himself <laughs> for not scoring there for sure. Right, because that would have that would have been the fourth goal. That would have you know given yep. him the separation, but a few minutes later, uh, I, and I just tweeted out, maybe he just wanted the degree of difficulty uh, to be uh, to be a little higher, but f- forget about the goals. Last two games, thirty-eight-year-old part-time hockey player Justin Williams was their best player. No youth, youth hockey coach that moonlights as an NHL forward. <laughs> I mean, really impressive. He's, I, he's he's something, isn't he? I mean, it's you know you don't you didn't really know what to expect, and then frankly, I don't know if Justin knew what to expect coming back from you know being out for the first part of the year and. Um, you know, into a different locker room with some different personalities, not the locker room he was used to last year. Um, but he's a professional and it's, it, it just goes to show you that when you are as dedicated to your craft as Justin Williams is, that never leaves you. And those two goals that he scored today were prototypical Justin Williams goals. They're the same types of goals he would have scored 10, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, play the hits. We hear it all the time, but do what got you here and play the hits. And that's what Justin Williams has been doing. And he's been rewarded for it, but he's been, you know, like, like geeky. He was, he was a difference maker today and the hurricanes needed it. I think it's, you know, my, my brother pointed out, uh, texting me and my dad that it's amazing that the hurricanes scored six goals against the penguins and got zero points from the top line. <laughs> and how long has it been since, you know, how many times did we said they've got to get secondary scoring? They can't have this top line carrying the mail for them. And, you know, if they're the only line going, it's too easy to shut down. Well, they got shut down today, and the Hurricanes still won by four goals. So yeah, you know, that's, I, that's part, a good thing. Part of me thinks that, uh, you know, Aho, Svechnikov, Teravainen kind of canceled out the Crosby line. Uh, because at even strength, Crosby, Rust, I mean, those guys were pretty much held in check. I, I thought Malkin was probably their most dangerous forward today. Um, he usually is against the Hurricanes. It's kind of funny. It's not, it's not usually Crosby. It's that's usually true. Malkin. I remember games where Derek Ryan outplayed Sidney Crosby. That's right. I just said Derek Ryan. Um, all right, Brian LeBlanc. The doctor. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's move, uh, let's move in net. Uh, I thought the first goal that Alex Nedeljkovic allowed, I guess it was the backhand to uh, Kane's legend, Patrick Marlowe. You know that had to feel good scoring against his old team. Um, oh, well, think of think of all the think of all the memories that came flooding back. Gosh, you know, you thought I couldn't play anymore, that kind of thing. Man, um, but I thought from that point on, I thought Ned was pretty good. And, I thought he was too, and uh, I agree with you. That first goal was one he would want back. I said the same thing to Alex. Um, you know, those are the kinds of goals that, you know, I I hate to say it, but those are the kind of goals that can sink a team. And yep. it's to the Hurricanes' credit that they, you know, it helps that they scored on the next shift. But, you know, those are the kinds of goals that we've seen this team give up before, and it just sends them into a spiral that they can't get out of. And, you know, Ned bailed them out a couple times. The 
there, there were two big saves, uh, one on Marcus Pedersen. Uh, yep. I still don't know how he, how he stopped it. He got bailed out by the post uh, at least once. On his own turnover. Yeah, on, on his own turnover. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's always going to be an adventure with him back there, and I'm not 100% convinced that he's the future in net. But right. The Hurricanes, you know, and I've said this to you ever since Mrazek and Reimer went out, needed someone to mind the store until one or both of them could come back. They didn't need them to turn into, you know, the second coming of Patrick Waugh, but they needed something. And Ned gave them something today, and it was enough of the springboard that they were able to make it happen in front of them. And, and good for him for doing that. I mean, that's kind of been his calling card in the AHL up to this point is that he gives up a few goals that will just – Make your, make you scratch your head and say, what were you thinking? But then he'll come up with the save to bail them out. And we saw that today, you know, the good and the bad all in the same game. Yeah. He, I mean, again, after that first one, uh, I thought, uh, I thought Ned was very good. All right. Let's move a couple of other things before I say goodbye to Brian LeBlanc from Kane's country here in the morning after podcast. Um, contributions from the blue line, six points from the blue line today. Gardner, a goal and an assist. Uh, Van Riemsdyk had an assist, I believe, on the, uh, on the, the Morgan Geeky first goal. Uh, Jacob Slavin with a, uh, with a goal, which was a, gr- with a great screen. It could, I mean, I, I wasn't sure that Geeky didn't get a, uh, deflection on it. I wasn't uh, either. I thought the same thing. Yeah. But Geeky was in front there, much like Williams was, uh, for the, uh, for the goal on the island that ultimately went to him. Uh, and then Hayden Flurry had two assists. Uh, so you got good offensive contributions. Uh, but man, if I'm, I haven't been impressed by Hayden Flurry over the last few games. Oh yeah, I think outside of outside of Jacobs, Slavin, he's probably been their most consistent defenseman. Uh, you know, Edmondson's been fine. TVR's had his moments. Um, Gardner has had his moments, but not specifically <laughs> defensively. I mean, and and you kind of saw that Flurry was trusted with. I think it was something like almost 19 minutes of ice time today. So it's obvious. Over 20 the last two games. He actually led, yeah. I mean, he might have led the defenseman in even strength ice time, uh, in, yeah, I think that's against right. the it was Islanders. Either even strength or five on five. Yeah. Yesterday yeah. he led, I think it was even strength. I think you're right. Um, but it just goes to show, I mean, it's, it's well earned ice time. It's not just, well, we got to put somebody out there. He's playing hard minutes and he's, you know, making the most of them and, Thank goodness for it because I don't think the Hurricanes, you know, would be in as good a position as they're in right now. And obviously things could have gone a lot different if Hayden Fleury didn't, you know, pick up the ball and start running with it. And, you know, it's to his credit that he was, he's been able to do that. And Rod clearly trusts him now, which I don't think he could have said a month ago, um, when he was having trouble just cracking the lineup on a regular basis. I think he's more than earned his spot. And more to the point, when Sammy Vatten comes back, I'm not sure who you sit. Assuming well, Sammy Vatten comes back, which is no guarantee. That that is a big assumption at this point because I know he's actually got he's regressed a little bit as he has tried to skate. So um, it's who knows when or if Vatten is going to come back. I still think the answer is pretty easy. Um, and in spite of a two point game, I'm still pretty sure that the that the answer is Jake Gardner comes out of the I lineup. Think you're right. Um, yeah. Because Vatten could slot in on one of the power play units and you have Slavin in the other one uh and it's uh, I don't know the way uh the way Flurry has been uh shooting the puck and playing offensively 
No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I was. No, I, I think you're onto something there. Before. I mean, I don't well, expect it to be a regular I, thing, but I mean, you could the 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 shots he's been taking, you could do a lot worse. He's so. been great, but the the chances yeah. Rod puts that on his mental on his mental yeah. plate do not exist. I in my uh, in my opinion. All right, finally, you cleared the hurdle of beating the Islanders on the road, beating the Penguins on the road, and now theoretically the easy part of the road trip. Can I Don't just point it. out that Detroit is, Detroit's won two in a row. They beat Tampa in a shutout today. The Devils have won two shootout. straight. Not a shutout, a shootout. Shootout. They won 5-4. They scored four goals on yeah, Tampa. Yeah, it sounded like you said shutout. There's a big difference between There is, the, uh, right. They won there. in a shootout. Uh, then the Devils have won two in a row. Uh, they just put six on the Rangers at the Garden yesterday. Six, two, and two in their last two. Ken, uh, is this going to be easy to convince this locker room that those two teams are not going to be easy marks? I would not say that it would be, other than the fact that they are going to trip Tracy's hometown. And I have it on good authority that there's going to be a conga line to a Taco Bell while they're in Detroit that's going to inspire them to greatness. That is no, I don't, I, it's, uh, I know, right? It's, uh, it's, these are trap games. Yeah. And as an NC State fan, I know all too well. <laughs> Congratulations the- on the women's title, by the way. Thank you. Yes, I love that. I was actually yeah. I was actually watching double screen, uh, watching them celebrate, and I took a screenshot of something that said NC State ACC champions. It was not a Photoshop. It was very bizarre. Yes. Um, you know, we've seen how many times that, you know, State's beaten Duke, you know, at home, and then they've gone to Wake Forest and laid an egg and lost by 20. I mean, it happens all the time, and the Hurricanes, well, you know, Adam, they play in the same building, so this not not necessarily, but it's certainly possible that, you know, they, they got up for these two games, they knew they had to have them, they got them, and, you know, now comes the mundane part of just taking care of business, and it, sometimes that can be a really hard thing to do. Yep. Can can they can they beat these two teams? Of course they can, but you know it's not going to just be an a you know fifty percent effort that's going to pull it off. Oh. If they can if they can come out with the effort that they've had the last two games, they should win them going away. But it's you know they can't just show up and expect to be given two points. And at this point of the season, every point is critical. And you know they're they're riding high right now. But if those two games go. I'll put it another way. If they had lost these two games and then won those two, they'd be right back in the same spot as, as they would be if it was the other way around. Right. So, you know, this is, this is part of the learning process. This is learning how to play under pressure because at this time last year, they were just flying high and beating everyone that came up on them. Right now they're having to grind this out a little bit good. more. And I think it's still a learning process. Uh, but this is certainly a good start. And now they just have to remember, you know, that's the effort that you need every single night, no matter who's on the other bench. And it doesn't matter if you're a team that's, you know, that's got two of the greatest players of all time, or if you're a team that is going to struggle to get to 50 points this season. That's the effort that you need, regardless of whoever is whoever you're facing on a given night. If they give that effort, they're going to make the playoffs fairly easily. Yep, I 100 percent agree. Uh, the grind factor that they will need to win these two games is real. The same grind factor that they used to win to win both of these games. On the weekend, Brian LeBlanc, you are the man. If I get Wally pipped, I'd rather get Wally pipped by you than anybody else. Well, that's, uh, I will, <laughs> I will take that as a badge of honor, sir. All right. That'll do it. 
I thank Brian LeBlanc from Kane's Country for hanging out. Yes, I might have been Wally Pipped. The Hurricanes beat Pittsburgh 6-2 with LeBlanc doing the first intermission instead of me. Come on. Might have to keep that going. Don't tell Alec. All right. Uh, I hope you uh, subscribe to this, download it, rate it if you want. If you don't, that's cool. It's all good. It's only here for you to enjoy. And uh, and that's uh, that's all she wrote. Hurricanes 6, Pittsburgh 2, playoff inside the playoff line. And we'll see you Tuesday after the Canes and the Red Wings. Bye. You've been listening to the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Don't forget there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sports Fan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Canes Corner Podcast.